Taylor Swift release, release week. week. <laughs> yes. Uh, the sun has shown yet again. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's really all I saw all week long. Um, but we're doing an episode on Thursday about that. Yes. <laughs> so, are, are you nervous to be on a podcast with both me and Ashley where I bring up the fact that you are no longer a Swifty? <laughs> After controversial I think there's just takes. been a general egregious rewrite of the facts in your mind. You said you um, never but... liked her. You've always hated her. <laughs> you haven't liked any of her music. But Ashley's aware. She's talked me through some of my, um, you know, trauma and regrets and, and disappointments. You know, she's been there, a real MVP. Uh, so she won't be surprised by anything that you might try to bring up to hmm. destroy my character. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll see about that now, won't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm excited to talk to you about it. This is going to be our one, two, three, fourth? fourth. Did we do one for Red or something? No, we just did the. Wait, lover. did we do one for when they re-released? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah, I think we did because I feel like I remember having to watch like music videos and stuff. Okay, maybe. Well, I mean, she did music videos for folklore too. No, but I I feel like I remember having I think that Everybody we did do it an episode on the version. red re-release. <laughs> How many re-releases has she done? Just two. What was so, the other one? She did Red and Fearless. Oh yeah, definitely wasn't Fearless. I wasn't listening to that. And then Lovers Inside we've been recording and now this. Yeah. So, so. you've been around for like basically half of our albums. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, I know and it feels it too. I've Lived a long, long oh, life. Such a drama queen. Doing battle against <laughs> this woman. Hey, well, good news this week. Uh, I was sure you were following the James Corden. Uh, oh, uh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. James Corden. Fine. I would like, like, I feel like I deserve some kind of prize because people can go back to the beginning of this podcast, like the very first few episodes where I came out is not a James Corden fan. And I feel like at that time, that was an like sort of unpopular opinion, like not a commonly held one. And we as a society have come around to, I think, a general dislike of James Corden. There is a whole um, petition going around for him not to be in the Wicked movie. Uh, so there's that clip of, who is it? Uh, Zoe Saldana? Um like hearing that James Corden's show is canceled and sort of being like, Ugh, like, darn, that's sad. When you can <laughs> tell that she's sort of like amused by the fact. And then this week, the restaurant Belthazar in New York, which I have never been to. Have you ever been there? No, but I've heard of it. Yes. I mean, I've heard of it as well. Like a, an upscale restaurant. Well, I heard of it first. Okay, sure. <laughs> fine. Whatever, Shelby. Um, they, uh, 
their like ha- owner head chef some a some owner. yes Manager some high up person at this restaurant went on a twitter rant about how james corden was now not allowed to return to the restaurant because he was a horrible uh patron and went on this tirade about the different things that he had done and wait what's the he that he was yelling like crazy and called him what's the phrase oh shoot now i've lost it Something like a, a na- tiny cretin of a man. Yes, a tiny yeah. cretin of a man. <laughs> um, and James Corden was apparently like very picky and berating waiters and calling people out of the back and yelling at yeah, them. His like wife's yolk only omelet wasn't cooked well. There was egg whites in it. God forbid. And he had to send it back twice, and then yelled at them and. <laughs> Very alarming, you know, a generally snobby uh, treatment of the waiters and staff there. And so then he got barred from the restaurant, then came out that James Corden had had a chat with the guy who tweeted it and was reinstated, that he could return to the restaurant again, and that it was a misunderstanding of some variety. But I think it just goes to the fact that James Corden is not as nice as you think he is. I didn't know he got allowed back. I thought James Corden came out and said he hasn't done anything wrong on any level. And then Keith McNall posted again saying, I wish James Corden would live up to his almighty initials and come clean. (laughs) I thought that they had had a call about this. Oh, I don't know. The last I saw was uh, if he goes one step further and apologizes to the two servers he insulted, I'll let him eat for free at Balthasar for the next 10 years. Uh, uh, Okay. I swear I read an article that said that they had apologized and that he had been reinstated. He updated. He said, James Corden just called me and apologized profusely. He believes in second chances, so... Oh, he says, so if James Corden lets me host his Late Late Show for nine months, I'll immediately rescind his ban. Just kidding. Um, But anyone magnanimous enough to apologize doesn't deserve to be banned from anywhere. So... Yes. All is forgiven. So they got got it straightened out eventually, but it was like a... a Just another moment. I feel like we're living in the sort of... um, the like I did invite you, Ellen, uh, phase of James Corden career where it's like things are popping up now and the taste is generally unsavory, but we haven't really gotten to the point where we can like fully be rid of him yet. Yeah. Well, I'm just Yeah, I'm I'm confused by the energy, but well, what do you this mean? is what's confusing me because he said <laughs> so a week ago was when he posted the oh he called and apologized he's allowed back right yeah then three days ago is when he posted um no in the new york times he said he didn't do anything wrong so he's banned for the next 10 years so i think generally this guy is not his fan and he will not be welcomed back at the ball oh <laughs> so maybe like he maybe james corden called apologized he was like okay great we're welcoming him back and then james corden said in an interview oh i actually didn't do anything wrong and then the guy was like wait yes you did 
Yeah, exactly. Now so, you're blocked again. Um, uh, apologies to our listeners. We should have better fact-checked our uh, our details as we went along. But um, as it well, stands, this was they are not happy with each other. There is We're figuring blood. this out in real time, people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, reporting to you live. Um, so, yeah. James Corden won't be at the Balthazar. Good news, bad news. But, yeah. Is James Corden at the same level as, like, I think the thing with James Corden is that it's not just that there have been, like, rumors of him being mean. Like, he's a notable, unliked guy, whereas Ellen was, like, kind of a plot twist for the majority of her watchers. You know what I mean? I think that's the same with James Corden, though. Like, I think if you were to interview people on the street of, like, Indiana, (laughs) they'd be like, oh, I love carpool karaoke. He seems so fun. Yeah. So he'll be fine, basically, is what we're saying. <laughs> this one affects yes. his bottom line. But you know who else won't be going to Balthazar anytime soon? Mm. Leslie Jordan. Wait, why? What happened? He died. Oh. <laughs> Toby, what a laughing? horrible, what a horrible away. pivot, Matthew. Did you that... not know this? I, I mean, no, I guess not, but... Yeah, he died today. He was apparently, like, had some kind of... the car accident. Yes, like, health issue. And then, while he was driving and then drove off the road and died in a car accident. No, that's really sad. I just can't get over the fact that your pivot is, well, he won't be at the Balthazar. Well, he won't be at Balthazar because he's dead, Shelby. Oh, my gosh. That's really sad. Um, I love Leslie Jordan. He's so sweet. I think he was in several of those horrible pilots we had to watch at one yes, point yeah he's a very familiar face for network tv just such a sweetheart and he was only in his 60s i think yeah that's yeah bad. 67 that's that's sad news uh so funny the king of tiktok oh yeah <laughs> i just you know a loss but huh anyone else who won't be a belt bizarre <laughs> that you'd like to talk about <laughs> I guess um, I I was going to mention on a serious note, uh, you know, we've gone back and forth on sharing Kanye, Yay, formerly known as Kanye West. Oh, he's, yes. No, we should talk about this. He is not doing good. I don't want to platform him. He's been very anti-Semitic. And I think the problem people are running into is being like, oh, well, he's having a mental health crisis. No, mental health crises does not make you an automatic racist. Like he's definitely drinking the Kool-Aid of some pretty horrific stuff and him continuing to be platformed by Fox News or NBC or whatever it is, is not good. Um, And it has real consequences. So it's been interesting to see, you know, everyone's made excuses for him, like down the line of like, oh, the MAGA hat is just controversial. Oh, the slavery was a choice is just like him thinking wildly. But, and then he wore the White Lives Matter and it was like, ooh. And now he's like been banned from, or he was, suspended from Instagram and Twitter for a minute after saying some pretty anti-Semitic stuff and has now decided to buy a parlor, which is also, but CAA has officially dropped him. Um, uh, I think uh, Adidas is still up in the air about what to do with their contract with him. He seems to think he can do whatever he wants and has said so, and Adidas won't drop him. So not a great look, not great news, um, but I wanted to acknowledge it to just say, yeah, I don't think you can excuse away what he's doing with what he's going through, which we'd have no idea, and um, it's just not a great, 
it's not a great look, okay? So I just feel like it's pretty upsetting to see people make excuses for someone who's so not only hyperbolic, but kind of vitriolic in uh, the violence he perpetuates with these conspiracies and ideologies that he's spouting right now. So I think that the... I think that we finally like have turned a corner, I think, yeah. as a the general populace on Kanye West. Because the thing is he's always been so outspoken. Yeah. You know, like even back at the beginning of his career, you know, there was the famously the like George Bush hates black people thing. Yes. And uh, you know, in his albums and different publicity stunts he pulled, there was the the Taylor Swift moment, there was um you know, just like so many different things. And it's hard. I think it was hard to gauge like, okay, what is like just his personality? What is this sort of um like crazy artist? Like, oh, is he a Vincent Van Gogh kind of like vibe? Like he's a genius and he's misunderstood and he's putting out this good music for the first part of his career. Um and and then there were so many people who disliked him, but for reasons like with the George Bush line of like, okay, you have these like conservative people who didn't like him for saying that. And it was sort of like, is he speaking truth to power kind of thing? So I feel like there was just a lot of confusion regarding him and that sort of state then as he moved into this later stage in his career where he was you know edging more into con republican conspiracy theories it uh, i think it made it difficult for people to like instantly sort of like jump ship on him just because you weren't you weren't exactly sure like is this a stunt like what is going on here just because it was so confusing but i think recently we've been getting more and more of this and then there's been obviously the issues questions of his mental health but yeah like having poor mental health does not allow you or is not an excuse to you know uh, perpetuate violence against other people and i think his latest statement with the anti-semitic stuff has like really uh like triggered a bunch of people to kind of be like okay we're out of the kanye business yeah. like balenciaga has dropped him they had a collaboration gap dropped him they had a collaboration both caa and uta which are giant hollywood agencies have like sworn that they won't work with him again um i think really the only outlier that we're waiting on at the moment is adidas yeah and he made a statement that said like oh adidas can't drop me like i can say anti-semitic stuff and adidas still won't drop me i think that adidas is probably in the process of figuring out how to do that yeah it's just that he like i think they have a contract with him that extends for like five or six more years and all of the yeezy line is manufactured through adidas so i'm sure that there's a lot of like legal stuff going on there and i wish that they adidas as a company was acting quicker um and and now we've ended up in this also weird situation where people have gone back and the founder of adidas like way back when was a nazi and so now they're bringing that up so i think for adidas they need to like you know chop chop like put out your statement soon yeah. but i think that i would imagine that by the end of the week we'll have uh a statement from them being like we're not working with Kanye West either. If they don't do that, then that's a very big red flag on the Adidas <laughs> yeah. leadership. 
Um, yeah, he's drawn a pretty obvious line in the sand that seems like it should be easy to sort through. But um, one thing though that I was wondering about, because some people were also commenting about this on Twitter, is like with the music platforms like Spotify and stuff. I don't know like what the standards are kind of for like removing music and things. Cause some people were like, Oh, like they should pull his music videos off YouTube. He should not be on Spotify. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I was like, I don't with know the... if that works. It's pretty, yeah, I was like legally, I don't know how that yeah. works, but I was also like with freedom of speech, that sort of feels weird. Yeah, I mean, all these websites but... are like, they're, they're protected because they aren't editors. Like they're not, yeah. You can't choose what gets posted unless it violates their, you know, standards. Right. So if he actively is posting like things that get him banned, that's one thing. But to go back and be like, oh, you said these things now, so we're going to ban your past things, that doesn't. Right. Work. Exactly. And it's like Michael Jackson's stuff is still on, you know, yeah. like, yeah. So uh, I was like, I'm not sure that that will be happening anytime soon, but I no, feel like I the don't. Adidas collaboration is no more. Yeah. Well, speaking of no more, um, <laughs> Leslie Jordan. <laughs> no, but this was such a delightful story. I'm I'm surprised I forgot about it until um, looking through my notes. Uh, the Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis saga continued. Uh, there was a Daily Mail like um, kind of unverified article where this woman claiming to be their nanny of three years to their kids came out and was like hey I hate to do this I didn't want to but they've made like my last <laughs> couple years like they they didn't end it well so you know what I'm gonna be honest and here's the truth um and she posts these supposed screenshots of texts between her and the couple and did you follow this at all no I haven't heard anything about this Oh my goodness. So she posted like a bunch of texts and it was basically around the summer of 2020 when Wa Olivia Wilde was leaving the family like because she was filming Don't Worry Darling and then supposedly started this affair with Harry Styles. Oh, uh-huh. And so the nanny was like caught in the crosshairs and Jason Sudeikis <laughs> once texted her and was like, she left the kids. Can you believe it? But the but the biggest deal, like she left the kids when she was supposed to be there at the house or something and like went off to be with Harry Styles or something. But the most haunting details of all these texts was that she made this fame, her favorite salad dressing that she made, especially for Jason. And Jason was so upset because she made the salad dressing for Harry. And he's like telling the nanny, like, can you believe this? She made this salad and she made her special dreaming and she's leaving to have it. She made her special dressing and she's leaving to have it with Harry. And she's like, she has a special salad dressing she makes for us and she's taking it to have it with him now. And he's like very upset about this. It goes on for like a few texts. And obviously both parties have come out and said that this is a complete lie. This is a total fab fabrication. Like she's been harassing the couple for the last 18 months. No other comment really. Except <laughs> Olivia Wilde randomly posts a single page of a book she's supposedly reading, um, Nora Ephron's novel Heartburn, which 
is about divorce. And also she had not acknowledged anything about this on her story before. It was just a random one-off story. And on this page that she screenshots and shares to her Instagram is a recipe for a salad dressing. And so people are like, OMG, is she trying to like dunk on this story and like look, play it for laughs? Is she trying to like be coy about it? Or is she admitting that there is a salad dressing and she was doing this or like whatever? (laughs) And so what's also funny is that the salad dressing is just a pretty basic uh, vinaigrette and doesn't seem that special. So is it exactly what Jason Sudeikis was referencing? Was there ever a salad dressing to begin with? Did the nanny spend hours making up these texts and coming up with the concept of a man so torn up by about his marriage ending because of a salad dressing? I don't know, but I love it. I mean, that does feel like a very odd and specific detail for someone to just come up with if it wasn't yeah real um (laughs) like if i was like trying to manufacture texts about a breakup or whatever and i wanted it to go viral i'm not sure that i would go with that but i mean maybe this person is cleverer than we think the (laughs) the salad dressing picture has to be a ref like a cheeky nod to it yeah Like, whether she's confessing or whether she's saying this is outrageous or making a joke with it, I don't know. But it was one moment where I was like, oh, Olivia Wilde won this round, right? Like, it was just a funny, it was a funny gag. And I'm not sure. (laughs) I did remember seeing tweets about salad dressing now that you read this. So it's nice to know what that's referring to. Yeah, (laughs) you're welcome. Interesting. Yeah, so if you want to make her famous salad dressing, it's really Nora Ephron's salad dressing as featured in a novel um, that Olivia Wilde is currently reading. Well, good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Um, They're making a new Star Wars movie again. I guess oh, we like, you? we sort of, I mean, so there's currently two Star Wars movie projects that are in the work. There's one that's going to be directed by Patty Jenkins, and there's one direct that's going to be directed by Taika Waititi. Um, but neither of these have like shot, or they're still like in very early stages of development. They, however, just announced that a Damon Lindelof series or a uh, film that is going to be directed by the director of the Ms. Marvel um, oh, show is is getting greenlit, and they think that just due to like people's schedules and stuff that that movie will be the next star Wars movie coming out. There's no details further about what this is going to be about or who else is involved at all. It's just those two people's names. But I know that you as a fan of Ms. Marvel, I thought this was sort of an interesting, well, one sort of an odd combination because Ms. Marvel and then Damon Lindelof, who's like famous for lost among other things, feels like sort of an odd pairing um and then throw star wars into the mix and i'm like i don't really have feel like i have any idea of like what the vibe of this project will be but what are your thoughts i'm pretty pretty burnt out of star wars i guess not that i was ever a huge fan but i'm just like sick of the discourse so um do i need i mean we haven't had a star wars movie in a while like since the before the pandemic well, okay, but that discourse lasted a long time and took a lot of years off of me, okay? And you forget that I live with a Star Wars fan, and he's watched all the Star Wars shows, and oh yeah, the Star Wars discourse knows no end. So, But, you know, ironically enough, um, 
the Rings of Power show, you know. Actually, it's <laughs> twofold because I made that we talked about, you know, orcs and Urukai and halflings. Oh yeah, I can't go and, back to that. Yeah, and I posted that clip as a reel and it found its way to some true some true Lord of the Rings fans. I I thought I was a fan, but it turns out I was wrong. Okay, goblins are very different than orcs and I should never Wait, ever, so you didn't get the information right either? <laughs> I missed one detail. And wow. it's a confusing detail because in the first in the first book, it is you know, like and I don't care. Actually, I'm gonna say no. But I'm gonna say I don't care, and I don't think the, the audience cares. On that, and we're <laughs> saying like maybe you should read some <laughs> Tolkien content before you speak on it. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's a I great don't know point. If I need this. I don't know if I need this. So call me a casual fan. I don't care. Um, but my point is, obviously, the Rings of Power. You know, it finished its season. It has been divisive among the Tolkien heads who feel like it's. Yeah, I heard it didn't do that well. I mean, it's done well. It didn't do. I was reading a whole article. For the amount of money they spent on it, I feel like it did not have the cultural zeitgeist. I feel like House of the Dragon won the War of the Dragon shows. Actually, it's funny you say that because I was reading a whole article about like comparing the two over like streaming numbers, the Nielsen rating, um, the Twitter mentions, and Rings of Power ultimately had more views streaming wise, but House of Dragons, House of the Dragon had more like 12, like on a scale of, I don't know, it, the Rings of Power got like 35 mentions on their on their Twitter ranking, whereas uh, House of Dragons got 54. So are more people okay. talking about the badly lit, weird, incestual uh, spinoff? Yeah. But I think Rings of Power has been more successful and is still Amazon's biggest show, which for them is their bottom line. So I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's already been, you know, they're invested. Like, there's no chance of this being canceled. They're already filming season two. I think people were pleased with the ending and the way they're pitching season two. It seems to be like this was a lot of, obviously, groundwork for laying out the story. And season two will be more action driven now that we have the characters in play. Um, But all in all, I was pleased with it. I thought, I mean, first of all, the six of the eight episodes was honestly one of the best episodes of television. <laughs> it blew my mind <laughs> and loved it. And then the finale I'm was still not a lot watching this too. show. Oh, I thought you wanted to. When did you no. become too cool for it? Because when I first brought it up, you're like, yeah, I heard good things about it. I don't want to watch. I don't like the Lord of the Rings in general. Matthew, I, I don't, you're g- gaslighting me because when I first brought this up, I said you hated the movies, right? And you were like, no, yes. I liked them. No, oh I have always oh, hated the movies. My I don't know what the clip, gosh. what you are referring to. I liked the first movie, but I did not like the second two. And the Hobbit movies were also bad, but I did like the Hobbit book. Oh, my word. I knew, I, Matthew, I <laughs> cannot believe this is happening right now because I specifically was like, I am going to freaking bring this up out of the archives and just like send it to you in voicemail for the next seven days straight, just until you beg for mercy. Of me saying, oh, wow, I'm such a big Lord of the Rings fan. I can't wait to watch the show. And that you were interested in watching the show. Like, honestly, Matthew, 
Unless, do you have a twin somewhere? Like, are you switching on me? Like, back and forth every week, I get a different Matthew. But, and you guys have different opinions. Is that what's happening? I, here? I feel like maybe I might have said, like, oh, yeah, I'd be interested in watching this, like an episode or something. But then I've heard from people that it's very Lord of the Ringsy, and I did not like the Lord of the Rings. Okay, that's fine. Honestly, that's fine. Um, should we get into Lord of the Oh my gosh. Okay, sure. What's your love it or hate it? <laughs> oh man. I, I wonder if it's your same hate it. I went and saw Black Adam. Oh no, I did see. not go and see Black Adam. Thank oh, the okay, Lord. Not. I got I got I like a 36 on Rotten Tomatoes or something and I was like, yep, I'm not yeah. going to ever see this movie. Honestly, you owe a lot to Taylor Swift because if she hadn't released her album, then the odds are we probably would have been doing that movie this week and you would have hated every single minute. It was honestly, I hated every single minute. I was not excited about this one. Um, I like The Rock, but I hate DC, and it was kind of like, mm, I think DC is going to win on the, on the style, you know, of this film. It's not going to be a rock vehicle. It's just going to be a DC. I don't think vehicle. The Rock has been having a good run recently. Yeah. What was the last good movie he had? Jumanji. I mean, it depends who you ask. Asking you. <laughs> my personal preference yes what was the um, last good rock movie and fighting with the family doesn't count i don't know what that is oh yeah <laughs> that was a good one are um, you are you gaslighting me you were the one who told me about that in the first place no i know i just forgot he was in it because it's like barely it's not really his vehicle it's yeah someone else's um i guess i'd say Hobbs and shaw or fast oh yeah that was average good times um but anyways uh black adam it's sort of this like i think he's technically a villain in most of the comic books i don't know i honestly don't who know. knows i don't even want to get into it but it's basically like you know if you've seen the trailer you've seen the movie what was interesting is the trailer posits this whole like oh i watched my son die and he sacrificed himself for me and i became a god that's an entire speech in the trailer but the movie oh, yeah. positions it as this like mystery twist where you think he is the son. Like you think he's this character. It's implied that the son is Black Adam. And then in the end, you're supposed to realize like, no, actually my son died and he made me use the word Shazam and now I'm Black Adam. Anyways, it was weird that it was like everything Wait, about this movie felt It's related to Shazam? Oh, yeah. Matthew. <laughs> yeah. It's the same like it's the same gifts. It's the same magic. You know, Shazam is so goofy, element. though, and this doesn't look goofy at all. It's definitely not as fun as Shazam. You would not like this movie, but it is attempting to be playful. Shazam 2, I think, dark. is coming out soon, right? I feel like yes, I saw a trailer for that at some point. Yeah, it is. Ugh. So this is not, like, related to those characters at all. It just so happens to be the same, like, mythic wizard circle that granted powers to this slave of a made-up country uh, it's all very weird and then on top of it it's just like there's this whole like justice ju not justice league the justice academy the justice school for special i don't know there's like these oh. sad mediocre characters that come up it's like a it's not even worth getting into. The point is, it was really bad. And it wasn't, like, special in any way. And they really sanitized The Rock, so he was not having any fun. Because he's playing a really straight character. He's playing, like, really serious. No, like, 
self-awareness, no clever, you know, dimples, nothing, nothing good is happening. And so he's just like glum the whole time. And you're like, what are we doing here? And then on top of the action sequences were so chaotic, it was impossible to follow. It was just superheroes fighting superheroes. And the plot made zero sense. I hated every instant of it. I and that I the just action would not was good. Were the actions I guess, good? My I, my editor said that they were some of the best he's ever seen. And I oh, was like, wow. I find that hard to believe. That's that's impossible for me to believe. <laughs> that's a stretch. Like, okay. I I didn't like them, maybe because they felt so like manufactured. Like it was like there was nothing intriguing or cool about it it was just the same old sort of stunts of course it was on a bigger scale and he's like very violent so I guess on that he like kills people is this whole thing like most superheroes don't you know mean to kill people but he like actively murders people I don't know how has (laughs) The Rock not been in like how did he not get recruited for a Marvel movie is what I want to know I mean, I think The Rock has this unique uh, perspective on his own career, which is that he wants to make movies that make people feel good and, like, leave with a very clear, happy, done ending. So maybe he just hasn't found the right project with Marvel or they're, you know, able to cast whoever they want and they just don't, they don't need him. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they have so many A-listers, though, that I'm sort of shocked that they haven't got him, but... Uh, well, okay. I will not be seeing Black Adam. Um, sounds terrible. But I don't know why I would have a reason to go see it. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I went and saw a movie this weekend also that was bad so that you didn't have to see it. And that was the Taylor Swift vehicle Amsterdam. Oh, wow. Yeah. I feel like another movie that in an alternate timeline we would have covered on the podcast. Yeah. We really yeah. dodged bullets director, with this. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, um. So I saw Amsterdam because I needed to see it for work. Um. This is the David O. Russell like two and a half hour star studded film that uh, has John David Washington, Christian Bale, and Margot Robbie in the leads, but also lots of other people. Taylor Swift is in it. She is in probably the first like ten minutes. It's the setup of the movie is that. This like army general has died and Taylor Swift plays the general's daughter and thinks that there were like false pretenses as to the death. And so she comes to John David Washington and um, Christian Bale, who were in his regiment and says like, hey, can you investigate this? What I think is a murder. No one else is taking this seriously. And so they're like, oh, yeah, sure. And of course she comes to them and is like, oh, and I have a lead. I think the person is. And then the killer comes up and pushes her under the car. And that's the the TikTok uh, clip that everybody has seen. And that's the end of Taylor Swift in the movie. And then, you know, it goes on for over two hours from then. What? How was she, though? Like on a scale of um, the giver to cats. Like, what are we feeling? So here's the thing. Initially, I was like, I think she's sort of bad because she's pretty monotone as far like she's for someone whose dad just died and then is like trying to solve a murder. She feels sort of like low energy. But then Mm -hmm. as I was watching the movie, it was it's like he gave the same note to every single actor, which was like, 
whatever the energy, like we want this to, to be muted performances. Like everybody was so like felt like they were tired in the movie. Like not a single person was giving like a big performance. Everybody was very like level in their tone. And then I was like, he, this must've been a stylistic choice. You know how like people talk differently in like a Wes Anderson movie or something, but it wasn't like so extreme as to be artsy. It just sort of felt like everybody had been up on like an all night shoot. And this was their sort of like last take before they called it for the day. And every single scene, it was so weird. And John David Washington was especially like low energy and was just like his, he was giving nothing, like absolutely nothing. And every single scene that he was in, it's a long meandering story that you get to the end and you're kind of like, did this make any sense? It like tries to be funny at parts, but it doesn't really work. And then everybody's just so bland that it was, it was a, it was such a weird movie. Like I have no, obviously it got greenlit because, you know, he's David O. Russell and, you know, a bunch of his more recent movies have been nominated for Oscars and stuff. And so I think Disney slash Fox must have just been like, okay, like, sure, we'll go with this because you're you, you're you. But as a movie, the script didn't make any sense. The, like, the way that it was shot didn't make any sense. Like, the castings didn't make any sense. Like, nothing was good about it except uh, Anya Taylor-Joy was very <laughs> funny in her role, I would say. Like, she she got, like, a good part where she's um, the wife of Rami Malek, who sort of has, like, a weird crush on Robert De Niro, uh, oddly <laughs> enough. And so she was like just her role was just zany enough that she like did a good job with it. But everybody else was bad. And it was a, <laughs> it was so honestly, by the time that you get to the movie's end, like Taylor Swift has been gone for so long and the movie yeah. has been so bad that I mean, I honestly like wish that she had been in more of it because she was sort of weird, at least. Oh, my gosh. High praise coming from you today. Um I'll have to grab that and put it on a poster and like save it for future iterations of Taylor Swift's foray into acting. Um, but I'm glad to hear it's just in the first 10 minutes. So maybe next time at the theater, I'll just like dip into one of the screenings and see how she does. Oh yeah, truly. I mean, her whole role is like in, in like, I'm not even joking, 10 minutes in the movie. So if you went and, you know, got a ticket to something else and got there early, you could easily, like, watch her and then when she gets hit by the car, leave because she doesn't come back. <laughs> Just bounce. Like, okay, I'm out. Uh, well, I might do that. Um, but I'm glad that this isn't the last time we'll talk about Taylor this week. Um, lots of good to come in our Thursday episode starring, featuring uh, the one and only Ashley from my other podcast, Swiftish. So... Uh, yeah, exciting Always stuff. I need to get all of my notes together for that because um, yeah. we're recording tomorrow. And then, dun, 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 next week, finally, the long-awaited <laughs> 200th episode, which we Yay! have some fun, special things planned for. <laughs> um, I'm excited to record that. I think it'll be Boy, a good time. Yeah. for. I think it'll be a good time for new listeners and also for long-time listeners. Yes, yeah. For sure. Honestly, good for us, too, to just see how far we've come and um, to see see what we've contributed to the discourse. The, I don't the think we've come that far, honestly. I think we might have gone backwards in some ways. I think we try less hard now. Yeah.
Uh, well, it'll it's something to look forward to for sure. Yes. So anyways, listen to us on Thursday and then we'll be back next week with our grand 200th episode. And you know who will you know, be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Jordan. <laughs> okay, we gotta end this. Bye. <laughs>